that lets you save the Our most common things are things like back pain, which is really common, um, headaches, uh, but our other th we do a lot of things for digestive systems as well, but people tend to come and see us because they've tried everything else and nothing else that seems to help. Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. Welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. We're coming at you with a brand new show. We appreciate whether you're listening on terrestrial radio across the country or as a podcast around the world. We certainly wouldn't be here without you. So stick around. We got all that coming up. This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. All right, welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated Exploring Mind and Body. You heard all about Crystal in the introduction, so without further ado, welcome to the show, Crystal. Thank you, Drew. Thanks so much for having me today. It's our pleasure. Today we're talking about osteopathy. I got to tell you, that was a tough word for me to say for quite a while. <laughs> Do you get that a lot? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us, we're going to jump into the show here. We got lots of questions and conversations, but tell us about who you are and what you do. Well, I'm Crystal Geyer. I'm a certified athletic therapist and osteopathic manual therapist. I um, went to school in a small town in Saskatchewan and I was an avid athlete and I hurt myself a lot <laughs> and uh, lots of repetitive strain injuries with shoulder. I was a, everything I did was an overhand sport. And uh, in my small community, the doctors didn't have much to tell me about what was going on. And they basically said, you need to rest. And that didn't go well for me. <laughs> As a very active individual, that's, rest is one of those things that's really difficult to do. And uh, so um, there was nothing for options in the community I grew up in. There was nothing for any type of thing other than medicine. And uh, so when I went to school trying to figure out what I wanted to do, my guidance counselor suggested I try athletic therapy. And I thought, oh my God, that sounds awesome. So off to uh, Calgary and Mount Royal College at the time to study to study athletic therapy. And I fell in love. I'm like, oh my God, this is where I need to be. And it was super awesome to learn a lot about what I did and, um, and how to prevent myself from getting injured in the future as well. And then um, I went out into the real world and did some work and then in true fashion, hurt myself again and <laughs> needed knee surgery. Um, and during my time off, I ended up um, from the clinical practice that I had I start I needed another job and I got a job in the insurance world working with people that had been in motor vehicle accidents and uh, learned about the insurance world eventually got a job in a rehab uh, position in a major insurance company in Canada and learned a lot about what was going on in the world of insurance. And a lot of people had unexplained pain. Um, there was nothing wrong with them in any of the testing that was done. And so it was really interesting to me, how can people have all this pain, but nothing be wrong with them. And so I started doing some research and found osteopathy. And uh, we I started looking into it. And I found that uh, started studying it and realized that I was where I needed to be, I could learn so much more about the human body and what it was about and how it interrelated and how people can have pain, but not actually anything so-called wrong with them in the medical world. And so that's kind of where things took off. So, okay, maybe you can help dif help us differentiate. So there's athletic therapy and there's physio, physiotherapy, yeah. and then osteopathy. So why did you do athletic therapy instead of physiotherapy and or what's the difference? Uh, I actually was accepted into a physio phys ed degree program at the University of Saskatchewan, but um, all I grew up in a small town and everyone was 
was going to the University of Saskatchewan and I wanted to be different. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I went into the athletic therapy program because it was in, in Calgary. But there is some differences. Um, athletic therapy is a little bit more of a niche um, in the sense that we not only learn the clinical side of um, sport therapy, um, we also learn the um, emergency side of, of therapy. So we're on the sidelines of various different sporting events. And so we learn emergency care as well. Um, so we know how to, you know, put a kid on a spinal board if they've had a spinal injury and how to remove helmets and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, in the physiotherapy world, it's more more of a clinic, clinical state and you actually have to do extra studies in their sport physiotherapy program to learn the emergency side of things. So it's very similar but different. We don't work with cardiorespiratory. We're really only muscular skeletal um, in our approach in the athletic therapy world versus the physiotherapy world. Okay, and now osteopathy compared to the other two? Osteopathy is really quite different. Um, osteopathy is a global look at the whole entire body um, and it's based on a finite palpation skill. So it's a skill that um, you develop over time that helps you feel the body in actually a different way. So you learn to feel where the tensions in the body are coming from. Um, so I can put my hands on various places of the body and I will feel tensions in the body and can identify where that tension is coming from so that I can release that. As an athletic therapist, um, if you came in with a knee injury, I was assessing your knee, what was wrong with your knee, um, and then prescribing exercise and um, stretching and applying various different electrical modalities for pain management, things like that. In more of a, a streamlined kind of protocol, you do it. You, you focus on pain management, then you work on range of motion, then you work on strength, then you work on return to sport activity. Whereas in osteopathy, whatever you show up with today in your body is what we're going to work with. So whether it's been just injured or chronic injury, I'm, it's, I'm not really concerned about where your pain is. I'm concerned about finding out why do you have your pain. So even if it's an acute injury, it's not so much as to why do you have that pain because it's pretty obvious. It's more of what led you to or precipitated you to a level that you could be injured in such fashion. Okay, so what are some of the main reasons people come to see you as an osteopathist? Is that right? Osteopathist? <laughs> uh, osteopathic manual therapist. That's what we call this. Although, yeah, osteopathist would be a good title too. Um, typically, people are coming to see us. Um, our most common things are things like back pain, which is really common, um, headaches. Uh, but our other, th we do a lot of things for digestive systems as well. But people tend to come and see us either because they've tried everything else and nothing else has seemed to help, um, or they've been referred by someone who's like, oh my God, they've, they've done ma magic with me, you got to go see them kind of thing. So pretty much anything under the sun is what we see, but um, <laughs> typically for most people, you know, the back back pain or the shoulder pain or headaches or things like that are very cool. Do you have a favorite thing to work on or is it, <laughs> is it you just enjoy all of it? I really enjoy all of it. Um, the beauty of it, I think, is that you can have people come with it in with the exact same thing. Um, they might have the exact same type of back pain, but their reason for why they have back pain is generally not the same. You'll see some similarities, um, but it's it's a it's a puzzle. Every person is a puzzle, and their their history and all their experiences in life determine what leads up to their challenges. And so it's like putting a puzzle piece pieces together to find out why. So when someone first time someone hears of osteopathy how can you explain it maybe some of our listeners have never heard it or tried it or experienced uh, I liken it to we're crime scene investigators of the human body. So our job is to, um, your pain is the victim. We're trying to figure out who caused it, who done it. <laughs> and so you're, and, and what does that look like? So you're like, so different than, 
I mean, there's many different modalities like Cairo, for example, they're usually, they're hands-on, they're, they're touching, they're yes. cracking. This is all, all hands, hands-on therapy. And actually a lot of therapies that you hear today actually stem from osteopathy. So um, chiropractic, um, cranial sacral therapy, myofascial release is all, are all components of osteopathy. Um, our chiropractors have refined their skill in a different, in a slightly different than the osteopathic method and so on and so forth. But um, we are taught on, on how to do yeah pretty much all of those modalities they just started in osteopathy osteopathy started back in the 1800s um founded in um in in the u.s actually um by dr andrew taylor still so it's been around for a very very long time sadly not everyone knows what they are (laughs) (laughs) and then you said there's a slightly we have listeners from all over the world do you want to speak at all on how it's different from canada the u.s possibly Uh, europe yeah for sure so in um in the u.s u.s osteopaths are physicians so they're osteopathic physicians um so they study medicine at an osteopathic um college um everywhere else in the world we're considered manual osteopaths in the sense that we are not medical practitioners. We are taught in the the manual therapy side of things. So, um, in many countries, osteopathy is actually regulated. So, there's a regulating body based on the government. And in Canada, currently, we're not regulated. So, in technicality, pretty much anyone can call themselves an osteopath or an osteopathic manual therapist um, or osteopathic practitioner. Um, but in Alberta, the College of Physicians and Surgeons owns title to osteopath. So, we you'll typically here in Alberta, they'll be called. Uh, manual osteopath or osteopathic manual therapist. Um, so yeah, the education in Canada is all over the place at the moment. You can study online for six months and become an osteopathic manual therapist, or you can study at a, a more recognized um, college. And usually those programs are four to five years in length. Um, they're postgraduate programs in, in Canada, being that you've had to have had prior training. So my athletic therapy training allowed me to study it. And um, it's a four to five year program part time with um, examination processes throughout the process and um, and a, a capstone project. Mine was a thesis uh, that I defended in front of a jury. Um, so tell me yeah. about that. What is that? <laughs> well, I, I did a research study on, uh, uh, in particular, it was uh, vestibular disturbance in post concussed um, active individuals. So I had, you know, it was a random controlled trial, uh, controlled trial, or I had people that had sustained a concussion and had specific criteria to meet that and they had to be post you know 30 days post um, concussion and still having symptoms and so on and so forth and vestibular disturbance had to be one of them and then I had a control group that I didn't treat um, to see the difference um, of if osteopathic care could make a a difference in their symptoms Um, so yeah then I had to get in front of an osteopathic jury to 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 present my my findings and uh, and yeah and I successfully defended it so i was able to call myself an osteopathic manual therapist so if you didn't successfully defend it they would say sorry yes. try again <laughs> yeah, <pretty much>, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly okay so something lower back is always an issue it comes up everywhere i go what um I know it's difficult. I know it's really difficult. I mean, anytime I talk to a practitioner, especially hands-on, every case is different. But what can you tell our audience that's listening that might be beneficial to people that struggle with that? Um, the interesting thing, for the most part, about back pain is, and the most common thing, is that a lot of people have back pain but actually don't have dysfunction in their back. 
uh, is usually adapting to something else. So very, very commonly, I'll see a lot of ankle issues like previous ankle sprains and so on and so forth in which haven't, um, they've probably healed just fine, but they just don't have the proper mechanics um, and motion within the foot and ankle. And so it's not translating the weight through the body as efficiently or as properly as it should. And so um, there's various parts in our body where the horizontal becomes the vertical um, and our back from the, you know, from the pelvis up into the spine is the same kind of process. So um, that all the stressors of the horizontal from walking are translated vertically through the legs while at the hips um, and the, you go through the pelvis and then through the spine, you have that horizontal to the vertical again. And so when you can't absorb it properly in the foot, you're going to see the same kind of mechanical challenges occurring in the back. And so often people will have back pain as a result of dysfunction in their ankles. Ah, very interesting. Okay. So that's something that could be of concern for our listeners that might have back pain. You got to check out your ankle too. Yeah. And the other thing too, is that we have a lot of organs, all, all of our organs attached to something. Um, and they attach to our spine and our, to our rib cage in various places. And therefore they can also create a lot of challenges within our, our back as well too. So we forget that those things are in there sometimes. Sometimes I wonder actually when I started studying osteopathy, I've studied anatomy for many years and it's like, what did, what did I think happened with our organs? <laughs> Are they just free floating? Like, what do you think for? Right. Well, you don't think about that, right? Like, that's what I think. <laughs> I think no. they're just hanging out in there somewhere. Exactly. They are attached to us, right? They're attached to the actual container. Those That's the contents. They're attached to the spine uh, as the, the container. And so we forget about that sometimes. And so that's what we do look at. So you're able to see the, the organs or feel them from the outside? You betcha. So we have uh, techniques and ways to assess the mobility. So uh, organs are very similar to all of our joints. They have attachments and therefore they have mo motion, they have mobility. Uh, so they will flex and extend or side bend and rotate just like all of our other joints have the capability. So each organ like each joint is very different. Um, so we can assess their mobility on their axes or their attachments to see if first the, the actual mobility is there um, and how much the mobility is and so on and so forth. And through our hands are able to and, and positioning of our hands but also positioning of the client um, can help and do some visceral visceral manipulation and, and change the position and, and mobility of the joint of the joints of the, the organs I guess for lack of a better way of describing it. Give me a couple examples like what organs can you feel? Like give me a few a couple uh, other ones. All of them. Uh, all liver. <laughs> you can feel liver. the liver. Okay. The liver is a really really large organ um, and we can with hands right underneath the cage you can actually physically feel um that that and through motion with the body like i can test and see if there's rotation or side bending or forward rolling or backwards rolling and you can actually feel it and 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 clients will feel it when you've got a liver that doesn't want to rotate like their whole entire body if your hand is on if you've got their liver in your hands their whole body stops moving because they can't because you've got the liver in your hands they can't actually do that rotation now and i want to poke myself to see if i can touch my liver <laughs> <laughs> well, and we, can, we can feel the heart too. And this sounds kind of crazy. Like, how do you feel through the sternum? Um, and this was a really large challenge for me as a student um, until one day we're, we're learning actually about the sternum and, and its movements and mobility. And, and, I, and I can't feel the sternum. All I can feel is the heart. I'm like, how is this possible? <laughs> um, and so in this particular 
um, student that I was working with in this class had a heart issue. So all I could feel was her heart. So as soon as the, the instructor came and did the little correction for the heart, and then I could feel the sternum again, I was like, oh. Um, the other thing that's really interesting, um, I've done a number of post-grad courses on um, endocranial spasms and working with the brain and the spinal cord. And it's uh, really cool to feel the difference, but it's also what I love about it too, is that I can help clients feel the difference too. So I can show them what it feels when I'm on their head, but I can show them what it feels like when I'm on the brain and they can feel the difference, which is super cool. What are you doing? What do you mean you're on their head? <laughs> What's happening there? <laughs> well, we can get spasms. So just like we can get a contusion and a muscle and that's kind of what the, the spasm, a traumatic spasm on the brain also kind of feels like that when you've got that big hard contusion. Um, the brain actually has that same thing that happens when we have a concussion or a bump to the head and things like that. So, um, but just like everything else, the brain also has an axis of motion. Each, like the cerebellum and the cerebrum, they all have axes of motion and we can lose those axes. And so we need to be able to have the mo regain that axis and regain the motion of the tissue um, on that axis as well. And so that's really what we're doing. Okay, so you just mentioned the spine and then lower back issue has lower back issues have come up. What if there's some damage? I know there's a there's a number of different ways like a bulging disc, herniated disc, and then we hear from a lot of people that have sciatic issues. Is there anything that you do or recommend when that comes up with your clients? Um, yeah, for sure. Obviously, it's all dependent on what we find in their body as things that are not moving, because usually the body is trying to adapt to something that makes changes that actually result in injury. So um, a disc injury, for example, um, pretty common to see a liver that's not moving properly. And it's pretty common to see um, a diaphragm that's locked down. The diaphragm attaches all the way to L1, 2, 3. Um, and so if you're locking down those lumbar vertebrae, L4, 5, S1 um, has to do a lot more work and so if it's doing all the work of an all five vertebra then there's more chance for it to develop challenges and problems so um, the small intestine and how it attaches the sigmoid colon and how its um, fascia attaches into the spine as well in the posterior abdominal wall can lead to those types of things as well also I mean obviously there's can be dysfunction in the mobility of the the pelvis too that can lead to those those challenges as well but they could be a multitude of reasons so our our whole thought process and how we look at the body is is clearing up the things that are not moving the way they should be moving so that the, it takes the pressure off the thing, the tissues that are struggling or have the symptoms. So I was, just, I was doing some research and it just, it seems like a lot of people are in chronic pain. Is that something that I feel like there's a difference Like some people deal with that on a regular basis and I don't know, you have to accept that maybe or some people, um, are able to does it met does it depend on the individual the injury the I issue think it yeah, I mean, it's so multifaceted. Unfortunately, there's not a one size fits all scenario in any case. But um, I've had a lot of clients that have come in that have a post motor vehicle accident, they're 20 years post motor vehicle accident, and they've just been told I have to live with the pain. Um, but the reality comes down to if you get a number of things moving, their body starts, their body can move towards healing itself and their pain can, can go away. Now, it's not going to be in every case, but I've had a number of cases in which they've literally been told they'll have to live with it 
benefit for the rest of life and they're now pain-free so yeah every case is obviously different yeah <laughs> that's nice to hear though like some people just i honestly I hear it all the time that people are just in pain and they they don't have any answers and like the, the doctor doesn't really say anything here's some medication you know how that goes we yeah having studied um like if i look at the medical world or the insurance world if it, we're relying on a lot of things in medicine we're relying on our different testings our, our diagnostic testings our imaging to provide us all the information um in medicine nowadays we're not relying so much on our hands um there are doctors that are really amazing and they do their hands they they use their hands and they assess really really well but a lot of stuff especially nowadays when we're doing them by like this way we're having these <laughs> appointments over the phone there's no touching there's no hands-on evaluation so we're not seeing some of those things and so it's really it's, i'd imagine it's quite difficult to you know assess without <laughs> actually seeing your you patients are fine yeah it would be right like you're not you can't see you can ask someone to go through and show their range of motion their shoulder through this motion you know through through a skype visit but um you don't get to see necessarily the quality or are the movement or feel you don't feel what's happening in that joint when it's doing it um and so it becomes a little different um to assess but we really li literally our hands um and the sensation that we get from our hands um of where the tensions within the body lie um are our directors and they tell us where we're going and what we're doing help us manage our expectations of course again everyone's different but if someone were to come in to see an osteopath you're looking at when would you see everyone's different right but yep. you is this does it take a number of sessions does it take weeks months when would someone expect to come in and see some different you know it's pretty amazing because it's so hard to, to determine for sure i've had some people where they've come in and after one session they're like oh my god i feel like a million bucks like what did you do right. um, i think it depends a lot on what they're doing outside of what they're doing to see you their their diet their lifestyle um, people that are in pain if they're doing nothing for their pain versus people in, that um are doing lots of things for their pain to try to help manage um you might see them recover a little sooner because they're doing a lot to help themselves and it's just might be one a couple little things that need a little fine-tuning and off they go um, whereas some people it's a lot more there's a lot to it's like unwinding like layers of onion you have to get to the, the various different layers um, it might be something from childhood that's creating their challenges that they have now but you have to unwind all of the adaptations that have happened in that time frame to um, assist with that how much how much stuff have they done over their lifetime if they've been on in uh, multiple mode vehicle accidents or they you know some people go to their grave in pristine conditions other people go to their grave having used their body right it's that same idea <laughs> right well, tell me how it's going at the clinic or tell Good. us about your clinic maybe our listeners probably don't know um yeah so my clinic is take flight osteopathic wellness in old alberta canada and um we have a couple of osteopathic manual therapists um we have a couple of massage therapists one who's also a student in osteopathy and then we also have a yoga movement therapist so um we try to find we're really all about trying to figure out why the symptoms you have are are going on and and try to figure out why so that you can actually overcome those symptoms and so we offer yeah osteopathic um care and we're the only ones in central alberta between airdrie and leduc with our level of education um so that's really exciting for me um and we also offer a really unique program which we call our functional osteopathy program which is a two clients or two therapists one client approach where we use osteopathic care and functional 
emotional movement. So not only we are trying to figure out what within the what structures within the body are preventing you from moving and functioning the way you need to, it's also what um, dysfunctions are in the musculoskeletal system. So what muscles are not firing or firing on behalf of something else to allow you to do the movements that you want to be doing. So it's kind of a really unique program. So what is that? You have one patient and two practitioners? Yeah. That's pretty cool. You feel like royalty. <laughs> is it the same, same time? Yeah. What do you mean same time? Are like, the two practitioners that they're doing working on the same time? Yeah. Oh, that's we cool. Work, we work together. Mm -hmm. um, and what we're seeing is that the so the results of that are probably equivalent to one one osteopathic or sorry, one functional osteopathic program is equivalent to about four um, sessions either with myself or with Yvonne Workman, who's the yoga therapist. So you take home, we, we clear up some of the things that's preventing you from moving within the system and then teach you exercises and, and give you a take home program to work on the rest on your own in between sessions. Tell me about insurance for our people. For uh, um, osteopathic care is covered by a lot of insurance companies, of course, just like most things, not everyone covers everything. So it's not under absolutely everyone's plans. But for the most part, um, osteopathic manual therapist therapy is under majority of the insurance. Um, if you're looking at Blue Cross, it's t typically in their higher end Blue Cross uh, plans. Um, but your typical like Manulife or Great West Life or things like that, they're typically covered. So what is that under? Like, So usually it's like chiro or physio, it's in its, its own osteopathy. Yeah, so it'll be under your paramedical services just like physio and chiropractic and massage and so on and so forth it's listed under those um and it usually has its own categories of osteopathy gotcha. and then some people have that the healthcare spending accounts which should cover it as well right so yeah. the so do you see teachers i have a few teachers and the teach so the teachers are a bit different so they have like a health spending account yeah no one has actually indicated that they haven't gotten coverage for osteopathy and any of the teachers that i've seen but um but so i'm assuming based on that that they have coverage okay yeah you probably don't know you don't see their plans, right? No, exactly. Okay, just curious. It's nice to know when people go in if it's covered or not. Right? I think For some sure. people ask. Are the majority of your people they go through insurance, or is that there's separate? quite a few that do, and a lot of people. In we live in a rural farming community, a lot of people don't have insurance either, too, so they just pay out of pocket. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, Crystal. Before we wrap things up, is there anything that we missed that you wanted to cover? Oh, there's just so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can get it all in one interview by any means, but um, I, I guess the big take home for me is that um, we base our work is really based on um, principles instead of protocol. Um, and the primary um, idea is behind it is that one um, structure governs function. So if the, the structure is not the way it was intended to be, like, I'll give you an example of a, a bone. When a bone doesn't have the same, the right amount of fluid in it, it reacts differently. It would be similar to a branch that is dead, that has no fluid in it, to a live tree branch. The, uh, the dead tree branch will snap whereas there's flexibility in the in the, the live tree branch. And so that determines how the structure is going to function. So if you change the structure, you change the function. So our goal is to first off make sure that the structure is doing what it's supposed to be doing so the function can be there. The second one is that the rule of the artery is absolute. So the, the movement of any fluid, it's not just um, our blood, um, but any fluid in the body needs to be moving. So it needs to be nerve fluid, uh, lymphatic system, etc. the whole can caboodle in order to have normal function within the body as well. Um, and we're all one large functional unit. We can't separate one component out and expect the body to still function in the same.
same fashion. It just doesn't work that way. Um, and then our body is really capable of healing itself. So once it has the freedom to move the way it's supposed to, the body will unwind and start and move towards um, improved health overall. So those are the big, I think, things that in osteopathy we really try to make sure we're focusing on as instead of following a particular protocol as you'd see in, in various other health professions. More of a holistic approach. I like the idea of it's your whole bodies. In most cases, you try to you treat one thing, right? Like yeah. you treat your finger or your wrist or your you know instead of treating the whole body well and that's funny i i often treat fingers and toes and people are like why are my fingers and toes I'm like well it's part of your body it's really <laughs> you use them every day right <laughs> you take those things for granted until you lose the until ability you're... and then you're like oh <laughs> i use my thumb with everything <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and still connected to the rest of you, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so before we wrap things up here, Crystal, um, tell us about your clinic. They can call you, they can email you. Um, do you have anything yeah. on your website? Yeah, so you can go to takelightosteo.ca. That's our website. It connects you to our booking site. Um, you can email email us at store at takelightosteo.ca, and you can call us at 403-556-7505. Awesome. So if they want more details, they can just reach out to you. Maybe they have some more questions, or if they're local, they can check out your uh, availability on the website. Yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, Crystal. That was fantastic. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Drew. That was very enjoyable. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Once again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. You can always find us on facebook.com slash trueformlife. We post up there a couple times a day on our story. We're always trying to bring you more content around living a healthy lifestyle, whether that be nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. We also have free challenges that we do at least once a month. So if you follow us along there, you'll be able to join maybe a plank challenge or a squat challenge, Tabata challenge whatever it may be we'd love to have you join us we're also on instagram.com slash drew tadia again we're posting up there a couple times a day along with our story all dedicated to keeping you fit and healthy and on track our main website is trueformlife.com if you want to check out some of our products some of our services or if you just want some great content from videos to blog posts and recipes and more we got all that at trueformlife.com. Once again, thank you so much for being here. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.